This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good morning. Good to see you. Hi, Brian. Is it morning? It's actually afternoon. Oh, but thank it's you. it's a Monday. It's a which, Monday, and it kind of that's just it's all who knows. Which really matters in the conversation we're going to have today, because there is something we affectionately call the preaching hangover on Monday, mm. which is kind of this mental and emotional and physical even exhaustion that a lot of pastors deal with uh, after a lo- after a full day on Sunday. So we're going to get to the yeah. topic in a minute. We'll tell you what that's going to be. Before that, though, let me remind you that we have tons of resources at practicalshepherding.com. You can find us there. You can give a donation to help help fund the ministry. We, we're always looking for new partners in that way. You can also contact us through the website. And if there's any way we can serve you, if you're a pastor listening to this, we love to help in any way we can. If you have questions you want us to tackle on this on this podcast... And if the podcast has been helpful, please go to iTunes and write a review for that. Uh, that's helpful for us as well. So we want to jump into the topic, and it's about preaching. And we we want to talk specifically about how can pastors grow as preachers. Uh, and this is a good conversation for us to have in light of it's Monday, at least when we're recording it. And a lot of times Monday, I don't know for you, for me, Monday is is a pretty hard day. It's, it's just a day of exhaustion and fatigue. And it's hard to kind of bounce back. So ironically, we'll hope for God's grace in us talking about Monday. Sometimes not a good day to talk about right. our sermon from Sunday. But but nonetheless, hopefully we know our identity in Christ. We can talk about this today. So, Jim, as we talk about this, and we want to recognize it doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been preaching, we all need to be seeking to grow. We never arrive in our preaching. So wherever you are in your preaching ministry listening to this, hopefully something we say today will be helpful to you. So Jim, help set us up even from a biblical perspective about beginning to think through how the preacher is to grow in his preaching and why should we? Yeah, Brian, the scriptures talk about this and I think it addresses it quite clearly in 1 Timothy chapter 4 where uh, here's a man, Timothy, who had gift given to him by prophecy and the laying on of hands, and yet Paul tells him, and depending on the translation, it's, you have something either like, don't neglect that gift, or in some cases, I think it's translated as stir up that gift. Okay. And he goes on to say, let your progress be evident to all. And so that Paul said to me, the other reason to believe that you're going to be a better preacher, you ought to be a better preacher a year from now or two years from now or three years from now than than you are now. And no matter how good you are, how gifted you are, or how good you think you are, and uh, and, and a lot of of preachers... Uh, some preachers have too high an estimate of themselves. You know, we we are we're told in the scriptures to think soberly about ourselves, you know, not to think too highly of ourselves. And I think maybe also we don't think too poorly of ourselves. Which but, some but do. Paul does say, especially make sure you don't think too highly of yourself. Right. And so you're asking yourself, how can I better, more accurately? And I think maybe even ask the question more simply or interestingly, in a sense, be able to communicate that truth so that the people listening, young and old, in age, young and old in the faith, are able to better profit, better process, better digest, better understand, better grow from my ministry. So let's let's approach it this way, and let's be really practical. We've talked about preaching on this podcast before, so let's stay really focused on just so pastors listening to this, preachers listening to this, 
What are some very practical ways that preachers can begin to think through how to grow? So let's kind of go back and forth, maybe one and go back and forth. What's one for you, Jim, that you would that you would advise pastors that, that maybe ways you it's helped you grow? Well, can I lay a little foundation first yeah, feel and then free. say something? Yeah. I think we need to be able to have an accurate un- assessment of where we are and, and where we're struggling or where people struggle hearing us. And so we need to be able – it's hard for us to be able to evaluate ourselves sometimes. It's, it's hard to be able to say, boy, I really blew it, or I am consistently not edifying, or, or people have a hard time following me. It, you, maybe you can know that, but – we need to have some way, whether it's our wives, our fellow elder, or some trusted members who will lovingly be honest with us and, and say, for instance, you beat points into the ground, mm-hmm. or I have a very hard time following. If that's an outline, I have no idea you know, what it is. So I think we need to be able to to understand maybe where the where the problems are. So self-awareness. So self so yeah, if it's I had really to lay the first, first foundation, yeah, it's self-awareness. Yeah, I would that's a great An accurate understanding not brutalizing yourself, but but understanding, okay, I, I I'm struggling here, how do I get better? Well, and you, by by self-awareness is is what you're saying, you need to have not too high a view of yourself, but not too low a view of yourself to begin to know where to start to how to grow. Yeah. And so so here's what I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to learn how, with the power of the Holy Spirit, to have effective oral communication mm-hmm. that produces in the hearers uh, an ability to understand and digest and, and know the weight of the truth that we are striving to proclaim. And whatever hinders that, we want to try to eliminate whatever helps or aids in that, or if there are things I can do that will improve in that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, Brian, that I do, so we want to get, get mm-hmm. down to this now, uh, I try to listen to people that I regard as effective preachers and preachers that reach my mind and reach my heart. Mm-hmm. And I ask myself, what are they doing? You know, after I've benefited spiritually from what's been brought out, but I do ask myself, what what does that man do? Understanding that there's the dynamic of the power of the Holy Spirit, there's the anointing upon that ministry, et cetera, right. in the moment of that preaching. But is there something that that brother does in communication or obviously in the study that makes hearing them in the right sense delightful mm-hmm. and in the right sense easy and i want to be real careful i realize that somebody can really tear this some of my puritan friends could really tear apart but the, even the puritans themselves strove to communicate in a way yeah, that compl- was simple right. clear compelling understandable illustrative and all of the rest that's right so what does that guy do that's not part of his personality so one of my favorite preachers is an irishman and part of what makes him so delight is just he's Irish. He's Irish. That, and well, I'm not Irish, and right. unless I wish I could move somewhere and just <laughs> pretend to be Scottish or pretend to be Irish, because everything I said would be more emotional and more effective. But I can't do that. Yeah, and it's true in America. If you're Scottish or Irish, and you come to the states to pastor, you have a leg up on everybody right. else just exactly. from the very beginning, right? Just by charm and accent. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. It's just it's already better preaching. There, there are people in my church who th- the best preachers somehow are always English, Irish, or Scottish. Oh, clearly, that's right. 
So, uh, so it's interesting that you brought that up because one of the one of the keys to growing, I would mention to piggyback on that, is every pastor once again self awareness is a great place to start. The next level in my mind, as you grow in self awareness, is that you realize you have to become who you are in the pulpit, right. not your influencers. Right. So I think what you said is a great balance to what we're talking about. You're saying listen to all kinds of different preachers right. and pull things from them that they do that you see. That's helpful. That's something I need to think about. And what I would add to that is that we need a lot of times, especially young preachers, we try to mimic our greatest in preaching influences. Right. And I think every preacher has to, this is a growth I think every preacher has to f- figure out. We have to figure out who we are and not that we are just mimicking those that we admire and we've been influenced by. And I watch, I see this at seminary all the time. Guys come through and they preach not like themselves, but they try right. to preach like their favorite preacher. Right. And so one of the things, if you're listening to this and you have not discovered that, you have not grown aware that, look, it's great to have influencers. It's great, as you said, to to listen to and watch the way men preach and to figure out what they do that was helpful. But to, but you have to ultimately be yourself, and that's a big part of the growth. And I think part of the, what's beneficial, Brian, and, is, and you mentioned this, is that not just having one role model, but having numerous role models. Right. So you don't fall and, into a rut. Right. And so some of them it might be Irish. Some, some are, are going to be maybe Hispanic. Some are... Uh, Americans, you know, that, that, and some are quieter, some are, are louder, some are more illustrative, some are more intellectual, some are more devotional. But, but asking yourself as you listen, what makes for compelling listening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, and again, uh, and we, we can't, in talking about preaching, deny the matter of the power of the Holy Spirit to sometimes take something that, sometimes you listen to something afterward that the Spirit of God used in a very powerful way and think, how, how did he do that? Well, right. it's because the Spirit blows where he wills. That's right. But you do understand, okay, we're people and there are things that are, that's well done, that's well crafted, that's well balanced, that's the use of illustration, the breakdown of the material, uh, highlighting what is so obviously the the heart of the text while not chasing after minutia things that maybe you realize because yes here's the other thing is you can listen to certain preaching and say that's really irritating when it's really irritating when he's obviously just going off on a tangent or when he's just blowing off steam it's really irritating when he's just obviously just expressing his own irritation or he's using the pulpit to vent and you might say to yourself, boy, have I ever done that? i got to make sure that I don't do that or that. You know, so there's positive and negatives. Well, and that's that. an important thing to highlight, Jim, because we we grow as preachers when we listen to others by seeing the things, wow, that was that was really a helpful way that they did that. Or, man, I want to make sure I don't... I don't do that, or I need to evaluate if I do that because because that that had just had a really negative effect on me as a, as a listener. You can learn all kinds of situations. I was reminded that uh, you know Paul Washer uh, learned learned something about preaching from Joel Osteen. That sounds crazy, but no. uh, maybe for some people, uh, smile more, get off. No, but part of it was being encouraging. Yeah, that that that, that there is there is a power in in encouraging. God's people, not if, if there is nothing but unrelenting confrontation, if there is never anything that puts a little bit of wind in someone's sails, and just and you know, Paul commends, Jesus commends 
uh, the churches. And so that anyway, I'm just simply saying that there's ways you can yeah. learn. No, that's right, helpful. Some, something else you do. Yeah. So one of the things I would say that other than getting to preach every week for years and years, the thing that helped me grow the most as a preacher was having people in my life who heard me preach and were willing to say hard things to me about it yep. and to do it on a regular basis and for me to open myself up to it. So you, you've got to have people who love you, who are not impressed with you, who will tell you hard things. Mm. That was not hard to find, by the way, in the early years of my preaching or in the church well, that I was maybe, in. Well, but maybe it was harder to find people who loved you and were doing it out of, that was out true. of love and yeah. kindness. So, so, I mean, they're not just blowing off steam or anger, but they're genuinely trying to help you to be a better preacher. That's right, and do it in a formal environment. So we, we did something for years and years called service review, where we would have a handful, five, six, seven uh, people stay around, mostly men. Sometimes women would come, but we would invite whoever wanted to come. But it's mostly men trying to think through preaching. And we would sit around and just talk about the service and talk about the sermons that were preached. And pe- that was an open environment to say whatever you wanted to say. Now, in the early years, it was hard. One, because there's a lot of growth I needed to do as a preacher in the beginning. And people didn't know how to do this. Yeah. People said some really harsh and hurtful things. But I, the years and years of just opening myself up, I grew so much hearing people address those things that I was able to, you know, just things you don't notice about yourself. Yeah. And other, so other people speaking into it, but not just listening to people. The preacher has to open themselves up to that. And people have to feel safe enough to where they can say hard things to you. And they need to see that you're taking it seriously. That maybe within that within a week or two, you're implementing That's some right. of those suggestions. And then they and, and, and they, they see stuff, that, yeah. and that encourages yeah. them to that you're not just blowing it off. What's another one for you, Jim? Ways you grew, you see pastors need to grow. Yeah, well, I would I would highlight very much what you just said there. I think that that's crucial. Uh, reading is is a way to learn uh, to preach better. Uh, in, in one book, it's a booklet that I would recommend every preacher to read. It's it's J.C. Ryle on simplicity and preaching. Oh, it's excellent. Yeah, and yeah. Ryle uh, Ryle's one of my preaching heroes. I, I wouldn't say he's an ecclesiastical hero, but he is a he is a preaching hero. And I can remember years ago, I was in I was in England and I was staying at someone's house, and they had a volume of I think it was actually in an old banner of Truth magazine. There were some of Ryle's sermons to children, which have since been put together in various yeah, right. uh, booklets or books. Uh, and I, I can just the tears filling my eyes, not only at what he was communicating, but the the simplicity of a man who is very brilliant to communicate so powerfully to children. And mm. I thought, well, if you can communicate that way, effectively, emotionally, intellectually to children, then you ought to be able to do that with with adults because yeah. there's the recognition that in any given church, unless unless you preach at Harvard and you've got everybody's a PhD <laughs> and, and you can throw out there. I heard – well, no, I won't get into that because I, I don't – but I, I've heard people throw things into preaching, you know, yeah. the, uh, whether it's a little German aside or a little Latin aside or something like that, I think who are they talking to? <laughs> I don't even explain it. You know, they just they just say it, and I realize okay, there are certain academic environments where you you can do that, and everybody knows who you're talking. You can make a little side comment about Schleiermarker, <laughs> you know, but uh, you're not going to do that. You ought not to do that on a Sunday morning. Certainly, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't take this kind of if you know what I mean. You know, yeah. Uh, well. Uh, 
housewives and even seminary students might not get what you're, you're getting at. And so mm-hmm. that whole matter of how do I communicate? I have a statement I use. The purpose of communication is to communicate. That, that is, that, insightful, like that? That is okay. insightful, man. Tweak that out, baby. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how profound or true what you're saying is. If it's not understandable, it can't do any good. Yeah, that's right. Met, a, a needle can have the be- a, a syringe can have the greatest medicine in the world, but if it, if the needle can't penetrate the skin, yeah. it doesn't do anything. Yeah, and right. so we have to be able to get it into people's lives, <clears throat> and generally, people. It says of Jesus' ministry, the common people heard him gladly. Yeah, yeah. There was something about the way that he communicated. It says of Paul that he so spoke that a great multitude believed. There was something about the way that he that he communicated the truth under the sovereignty of God. And I say this as I am a Reformed guy, mm. but the Spirit of God wrote, said, he so spoke that a great multitude believed. There was something about the way he communicated that truth. And I think part of that is he was clear, he was simple, he was understandable. Next thing I was, that's great. And the next thing I wanted to piggyback on is along those lines, and that's uh, be aware of how fast and clear you speak. Yeah. Because, uh, which, so you're talking about, I mean, and that's really falls in the same camp as what you're talking about. But what I watch a lot of times is p- preachers with good content who speak too fast, or they don't project their voice, or and I and I think swallow so, words, so whatever whatever it is. It's it's interesting when I'm training guys for preaching in our church because there's multiple generations in our church. Say, look, you need to preach like the eight year old and the eighty year old sitting there can both follow your sermon. Right, and if they can't, you're missing something. So the new convert and the person has been a believer for. 50 years who's right. read who's read systematic theology that's right so i i use this example uh, off i used to um when a, a guy would preach especially like a sunday evening he's testing his gifts for preaching i would always go ask 85 year old mildred who has hearing issues if she was able to follow the sermon yeah and oftentimes she would be able to say no Ooh. or i or listen to a little bit of this and i would go back and tell them and they, they seem to just kind of dismiss it so i started doing this mm. they would preach and part of the requirement is after you preach you have to go talk to mildred ask her what she thought of the sermon and let her tell you well you mumbled several times and i had a hard time listening or, wow you didn't project your voice i couldn't hear you yeah and so that had a huge impact on wow. on the preacher so i've seen that stamp mildred approved at your church i didn't know what that was <laughs> that's for, what that's about that's it that is it so that was very effective that's one of the things i would say is that you're con you know you could be brilliant and even Preaching like you would describe with in regard to Ryle and and reaching children and things. If you don't speak slowly, clearly, project your voice so that people who are hard of hearing right. can hear, it, it doesn't matter. Right. Unless they're going to read your yeah, sermon right, manuscript. Yeah, right. Exactly so, right. That's very so, good. So that would be something I would stress. Always work on your cadence and your pace and to make sure it's something. By the way, that would be one of the things I think is helpful about listening to different preachers about how they're able to how you're able to listen to what they do well. So and maybe mod, you know are there vocal modulations or there is there pacing? So Brian, I think one of the things that can be very helpful and it's a, it's a tool that we have today that many you know obviously didn't have in the past is that we can either video or audio Oh, that's right. have records of what we have. Yeah, that's right. And we can listen to it and, mm-hmm. and that can be very humbling and, and very painful. 
Sometimes it might be encouraging. We, we, we ought to be able to be fed. We, in fact, the Bible tells us we need to be fed by our own preaching, by our own preparation. In fact, we, we yeah. eat first. We taste first. And so, but by looking at it, we can ask, okay, am I doing things that are distracting? My glasses coming off and on all the time? Is my clothing askew? Do I, is my hair always flopping in my face? Am I scratching or picking my nose? Any of those things can be a distraction. You have a big booger coming out of your nose, and you could be pleading with sinners, and some people are going to be thinking, he got a booger coming out of his nose. <laughs> I'm distracted. And, I can't follow right, this. Exactly right. And, and, yeah. and uh, you know, so those are some of those things I think we need to, uh, to try uh, to be helped. Last comment I'll make, along, and I'll, I'll uh, add to what you're saying. I just want to affirm it. Audio and video, like listen to yourself. I, I've heard tons of guys, and if you're listening to this, try to receive this well, but I— I hear tons of guys say to me, I hate to listen to myself preach, or I hate to watch myself preach if they ever get to video it. And my response to them, I, and, and you want to be sensitive to that. They're trying to, they're self-aware, self-conscious maybe, and trying to think through this. But I want to say to them, it's like, well, if you hate it, then what's everybody else listening to? So I, I get it's you, and it's uncomfortable in all those ways, but... But I, I want to just challenge everybody who's listening to this. If you're somebody who says, you know, I hate to listen to myself preach or hate to, to watch myself preach when, when on, on video, you're missing a good opportunity to, one, figure out why that is. You shouldn't hate to listen to yourself preach. I get you maybe don't like the sound of your voice because you have to hear it all the time. But, but, I'm, but you need to make note of that. I watched the first video of myself preaching. And I looked totally different than I thought I looked. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a pretty stern, serious face the whole sermon. At times, I was convinced that I had a pleasant look, even smiling. And that was incredibly helpful for me to learn about myself. And video, as you're talking about, helps us see what everybody else sees right. and, and that we don't see. And so if you, hate, if you hate watching yourself or listening to yourself, I just want to push you. Like You need to push yourself through that. There's tons for you to learn in watching and listening to yourself. And so don't miss that opportunity. Any final thought, Jim? Brothers, make, make your progress known to all. I've been preaching for over 40 years. Uh, I, I hope to continue to become a better... I hope my best years are ahead. I, I hope that when I'm, Lord willing, preaching at 70 or 75, I am clearer, simpler, uh, more to the point, grasping from the text what needs to be so that God's people are edified, hmm. unbelievers can understand, sinners are being saved, and God's being honored and glorified by the truth that I'm proclaiming. Well, let me pray that way for the listeners. Um, Lord, thank you for the privilege it is to preach your word and to to know Christ and to be able to proclaim him to, to people. And, and we Thank you for the way, Lord, your spirit works when we preach in special, unique ways. It doesn't happen in other ways, in, in other places and situations. So, Lord, each preacher that's listening to this, would you help each one of us to grow? Remind us we have not arrived, nor will we ever. So help us, Lord, to know where we need to grow so that we can be as useful to you in caring for your people and that your word would go forth and build the church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.